Welcome, everybody, to the return of Beaver Does Movies, and a lot's changed. As you're about to hear, you're about to hear a new theme song. As you're about, as you've just seen, there's a new logo. This was recorded though before the break. I had a couple in in the bank, decided not to release them just because just didn't feel like it at the time. But this episode is very special because. Uh, it's with one of my favourite guests, Curtis Halson. It's with my favourite movie of all time, True Romance, which is now available on Canadian Netflix. Uh, if you've not seen this movie, what are you doing? I will not allow you to be a listener of my podcast if you have not seen this movie at least once. You can have your own opinion, but you need to see this movie. Just an amazing cast, amazing everything. Basically, this whole episode is me and Curtis ball washing True Romance the entire episode. So if you are looking for a, mo- a movie podcast where we're super critical, this ain't the episode. But next week, I begin a six-day, potentially seven, still in the works on that one, but six days of Sharknado for the first ever, probably the only, unless they make another six movies, Sharknado week. Yes, I, James Beaver, I've never seen Sharknado, so I decided to lump in some of my guests, and I spent about two weeks watching Sharknado movies, and uh, I will let you find out, because I don't really want to ruin the surprise, but it's it was a lot of fun to record, and starting Monday all the way to Saturday, there's going to be one episode every day. It's going to be in the main line of the podcast. So it's going to be from, I think, 85 to 91. I, I missed a couple of weeks, so this is my uh, attempt to catch up because I see other people nearing those episodes as well. So this is uh, me catching up. And it, who knows if uh, this ends up doing pretty good. I might even do another series week. So there's that. Other news. Mike Reed, uh, you know him, you love him. He's going to be in two episodes of the Sharknado week. He is now the co-host. He will be in most episodes. Uh, if I can't find a guest, he's going to be my go-to. Uh, if he's available, he's also going to sit in with me while we do regular episodes. Every episode now with Mike is technically going to be a regular episode. So definitely check it out. Uh, he's uh, fantastic. Uh, I, I pretty much warned that I was going to... Uh, have him as my co-host uh if you listen to the gauntlet episode i pretty much said i'm gonna draft him in to be my co-host and that's what i did and in other news i also have a second show which is in the pipeline uh, we've recorded an episode we're just trying to build up before we release anything else uh, the bb show uh don't ask what it means we're still in negotiations on what it means but just check it out it's a more social podcast we talk about uh, real life issues. We also interview people. Uh, with us both being of part of the wrestling scene, you're going to see a lot of wrestlers, but we're also looking to expand into different territories as well. Uh, educate ourselves and everything like that. So definitely check that out when it drops. Uh, as soon as the new episode is available, I will make sure you guys know. Uh, keep an eye on the uh, social media. And now, you got to listen to the new theme. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll catch you next week for Shot Needle Week.
and welcome to BB Does Movies. Uh, Jane's once again over the Skype, and I've decided I've had enough of watching silly and strange movies for a time. I'll probably go back to it next week because that's how I roll. But I've decided to finally unleash my favorite movie of all time and just watch it, talk about it. And it actually came up because recently I had the guest of the show for, for this week. And as he was leaving, he told me, if you ever want to watch this movie, come on. I'm like, my God, this is my best friend now because only good people watch this movie and like it. And if I, if I ever hear anyone slander, I've already banned one person from the podcast because I sent out a little Instagram and they put movies overrated. I went, you're banned from the show. You're banned for life. So I would like to welcome a friend of the show, Curtis Housen. James, thank you for having me again, man. You know what? We, we did this a, a few weeks ago. I didn't think we were going to do it so soon, but I'm glad to be back. Oh, yeah, no problem. Like, I've got, like, six weeks already done, so it may seem like it's uh, so soon, but I'm pretty much thrown as much as I can in the recording so I can chill out during this oh, crazy time. For sure. For uh, sure, so, during this crazy time. Yeah. 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 So before we go on, I want to try and start maybe a new thing, is uh, during this time, we've got a lot of opportunity to watch stuff. So in the, in the realm of TV and movies, what have you been watching? So I've been watching, uh, like everybody else in the world, I've been watching Tiger, Tiger King. And oh, I actually yeah. I fin- finished that in like two days. And uh, Oh, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of parallels to, uh, I know that you're, you're involved with <laughs> local wrestling, you know, um, yes. as am I. A lot of uh, similarities uh, to the uh, local wrestling business. Uh, a lot of the characters uh, are very similar to a lot of the characters that we see locally. Um, yes. So I enjoyed that, that aspect of Tiger King. Um, I've also been watching a lot of the new, lot of the new, the new movies that have been coming out, um, the ones that were in the theater that uh, I guess just got the early release, um, and I ha- actually heard some of your, your reviews on them too. Um, yeah. Bloodshot, which I have to disagree with you, you know. Oh yeah, God, heard, you didn't you didn't like it? Um, no, nope. <laughs> I did. You know, I I'm a comic I'm a comic book fan, so I was waiting for that one, and I think that's probably why I probably bought into the, you know, it's. Uh, it was Bloodshot, the the Valiant comic that I had read as a kid, so uh, that 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 probably had a lot to do with it. And then uh, the Hunt, which was another one that I enjoyed too. So uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed the Hunt. Uh, I thought it was a really clever movie. I liked how it was very central. Uh, Bloodshot, I never grew up on. Uh, I wa- I read everything else, like some independent comics as well, but I I ne- swear I've never seen Bloodshot in an English store on my travels yeah it was one of those ones that came out probably like in uh, 91 92 and yeah. uh there's actually uh it actually came out as a, as a comic called the ray uh r-a-i and okay. then uh, bloodshot got his, own, got his own series um yeah. so as far as i know i think that uh, i think that valiant's gonna do their own um their own universe similar to, to marvel so who, that's who, something to look out for who knows though because this movie didn't do well even though it got cut early. I, right. I still, I still think with its initial response, it didn't do well either. Right, right. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's too bad. Like, so many movies that uh, they, they're just doomed. Like, like you, you, like you had said about the hunt. Like the hunt was supposed to come out at, at you know, oh. months ago, and then there was the unfortunate shooting or or something that happened. So 
yes. got released, and then it was released, and the global pandemic happens, and I'm like, I, that's crazy. The, and I, I, I didn't know about that until you pointed it out on your on your podcast. I know it's uh, really ridiculous. There's uh, another movie that I'm looking forward to, and I can guarantee it will come on video on demand. But it's one of the most cursed movies going right now, which is uh, New Mutants. It's right, the last. That's me. It's the last Fox produced X Men movie, and it's yeah. meant. It was meant to be out in 2017. Wow! Wow! And, and then yeah, that's, the, that's what I'm. I'm looking forward to that too. I mean, geez, uh, 2017. That's uh, yeah. And it's interesting though because it's taken X Men in a horror element, and I've been hoping that it turns out Mister Sinister is the main bad guy because I think he would be perfect for a horror X Men movie. Oh, for sure, definitely. And like, if, is there any way they could cross that over to the the actual Marvel universe, or is this like the Fox or Sony ones? Uh, this is the Fox uh, slash yeah, the Fox series, and this is pretty much. Oh. I think they were. I think they were intending it to be like. After Phoenix, it kind of ties in with that, but right, right. It's just it's it's so such a shame because it looks good, in my yeah, opinion, yeah. and I'm I'm very interested to see where they take it. Apparently, no reshots have have happened. They've not changed anything, so and it's probably not going to make much money if it goes in the theaters anyway, especially if there's no intention for a sequel. So just yeah. just toss it out, just throw well, it on video on demand. If it's a- if it's if it's tied to Phoenix, I mean, it can only be you know if you're gonna compare it to that movie, it, it it's gonna be a lot better. I, I I'd assume anyway, because uh, yeah, that wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I wish I I could get my twelve dollars back that I paid to watch that one. Because yeah, yeah. Weakest, weakest of the uh, of the X Men movies. Yeah, definitely. I actually got lucky and watched it on an air a, a flight, so I uh, didn't have to pay anything apart from my airfare. Nice, nice. So I'm look I'm <laughs> looking at yeah, well, not so much. I watched X Men Dark Phoenix. Like how could how could like you had what was it? The the third X Men movie of the original series. How could you make a movie that was worse than that? That's Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. It was one of those movies like where you, you kinda walk out and, and you forget about it right away. And then you and then when you then when you think back to it, it's like that was a pretty crappy movie. Yeah, you know what I mean, were you just sitting there thinking about it? Wait, like, wait a minute, that movie was shit. It was shit. Well, was that? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> the, the villain was terrible. I really wish they never included aliens. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think it would have been better to have the Hellfire Club rather than aliens. Yeah, I think so too. But it, it I, I don't know what they were going for, and it's such a shame. That it had to end on that one, but especially after the goodwill of Days of Futures Past. No doubt, it's like you, those ones are great. The, the first two exactly are good. Right. Like, yeah, they they have they have to do something now. They have to, if if that is the way that they're going out with those movies, and they're not going to do any more with that cast, yeah. that's unfortunate. It is because Apocalypse had its problems. I think they really neutered the main villain, who should have been pretty much the Thanos of his of the X Men series. Yeah, in that he's so memorable and everything like that. He has all the lines, but they couldn't even do that. And had a great actor behind him, but it was just failed by a bad script and yep. action sequences. Yeah, and that's you know what can you do? I mean, that's the thing with uh, a lot of superhero movies. It's either it's a bad script or or CGI that that ruins it. Yeah, pretty um, much. You know, 
that's another movie I, I actually I just watched um, is uh, the Green Lantern. Um, I, oh, I watched no. it in the theater. Yeah, I watched it in the theater, and then uh, you know I'm 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 on Netflix late night, and I figured you know what I'm gonna put it on again and give it a chance. And Green Lantern is actually one of my favorite uh, uh, comic book heroes. Yes. I actually have it tattooed on me. I have the, I have the thing tattooed on my arm. Um, but um, yeah, I, I watched it again, gave it another chance after years of not seeing it, and uh, ugh. Yeah. You nearly went into the kitchen, get the cheese grater just to take it off you, just for the. Yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah I, 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 th- I think we're gonna, we're gonna get that one covered up. <laughs> there you go. Based on the movie. <laughs> Although I'm yeah. hoping though, with because uh, apparently they're looking to do a new Green Lantern TV series. Right, right, but I wonder if they're gonna do if they're gonna go with Hal as the uh, as the main character because I mean they they've done different ki- different kinds of uh, Green Lanterns. I mean, there's Kyle Rayner, yeah, and um, there's you know diff- there's been other other characters that have played the Green Lantern, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. I would like them to do an un- ensemble thing rather than just have one main uh, lantern. They just have a group of them. That'd be cool, like a corp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Be, be the whole core, especially if they took like a Battlestar Galactica route with it. I would like that. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be down for that for sure, for sure. And so, I mean, like, uh, if they're gonna do anything similar to, to Flash, I mean, Flash has done that too. Yeah, um, that's the CW uh, show. Like, yeah. they, they've they've introduced like the different types of flashes and things like that. So they've stayed really uh, true to the comic, and um, yeah. I think if they if they go that route where they stay true to the the actual storyline and and the comic. The, yeah, they can really pull, pull it off, and that'll be be a really good show. I think it'd be funny if they did a, a slow burn with Sinestro as well. <laughs> like the first the first season, there's a hint, and then the second season, midway, he turns evil, and then the fu- the the end of season two is battling Sinestro, and then season three you can go into the Sinestro core. That'd be cool. You, you know, there's so yeah. many things you could do with it, especially with like the all the different groups right right and that's 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 the the sweet thing about about uh about a lot of comic book uh related series or or movies is that i mean there's so many different there's so many different takes on it right i mean there's different different story arcs um there's different writers that have that have written different things so they can approach it so many different ways and and that's the thing you you often hear people going how many times can they tell the same story the thing is the characters are so flexible you can cut you can tell different stories with the same character i agree like look about like my favorite trilogy of all time is the dark knight trilogy yeah but i still love tim burton's interpretation as well yeah exactly and And they're they're both different enough yeah and and it's it, yeah it's it it's uh you know i'm sure that we're we're not going to see the the last of batman we're going to see uh another actor play him right and and it's um oh, and the, there's so many different there's so many different storylines that they, they they could you know they still have in the can yet so i definitely. really i really think the thing that's missing right now is the dick grayson story where right meeting robin falling out with him him becoming and even the death of jason todd jason todd right him becoming nightwing there's so yeah. much they can do with that yeah, yeah so there's the, the so many and right now they well they've uh, stopped filming but robert patterson is gonna be batman you're right and you know i, I totally forgot about that I, yeah yeah that yeah yeah and, 
I'm down for that. You know, and there's so many people that are like against that because they they think of Robert Pattinson, the Twilight actor. I mean, you 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 know you know best from you know watching different films and yeah, Robert Pattinson's a really good actor. Uh, there's a movie he did uh, a few years ago. Uh, it's by the guys who did Uncut Gems. And he he plays a drug dealer in that movie, and he is so good. Right, yeah. I haven't seen that one. I, I know exactly what you're talking it's about. On, it's on Netflix. I think it's like Time Up or Game Up or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is so dark, and it's, it has that same uncut gem style. So definitely. Anyway, so let's uh, go from talking about bad comic book movies to talking about amazing <laughs> movies. So me and you have the agreement that the best movie is True Romance. 100% greatest movie of all time. Yeah, uh, directed by Tony Scott, who did Top Gun, and, you know, the brother Ridley Scott, who, in my opinion, Tony Scott is the better Scott. Really? Well, yeah. that's, that's saying a lot. Just from one movie, just from right. one movie. Okay, I, 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 I'm not he, disagreeing. He directed uh, True Romance, that pretty much beats anything Ridley Scott has made. Yeah. Um, and th- that that includes uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Aliens yeah, I, stuff like that. I, I agree. Yeah. But really, Scott may have like more like more better movies under his belt, but Tony Scott has the movie. So the movie. Right. And, he, and he's not a one hit wonder himself. He's got some pretty good movies under his belt as well. And so this movie, interestingly, was directed by Quentin Tarantino. Well, written by Quentin Tarantino. And it was one of the first uh, scripts he sold to kind of finance Reservoir Dogs. And that's, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's one of those movies that it's surprising that a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah. Like, and then you, you, you really need to be a fan of films um, and a fan, just, just a Tarantino fan, you know, would, would, would know. But there's a huge percentage of people that have never heard or, or have watched the movie before. Exactly. And one of my favorite things is when I tell them about it and they don't know what I'm talking about. And then I just start listing the cast. Yes. You just start listing the cast and it's just name after name after name after name. You're like, all of them are in the same movie? I'm like, yes. And some of them are not even in it for three, four minutes. And it, it, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and Samuel and Jackson... They're all memorable. All of them. Yeah. Every, sing- every single character. Every single character. The the dialogue in the movie is so memorable. Oh, God. Um, the characters, the scenery, everything. Everything about the movie. So I haven't seen this for a few years because, you know, sometimes you let movies uh, kind of rest for a bit. I remember every single thing about this movie rewatching it. It was, it was like... It was like riding a bike. You just instantly get it. I, I, I totally agree. It's one of those movies that I like to watch at least once a year. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's always the same kind of thing. It's like, it's like that Friday night, you know, there's nothing, nothing really happening. Um, I order a pizza and I'm just, you know, I'm right, I'm right into the movie. It's like the first time I've watched it and I've seen the movie now probably, you know, about four, about forty times. Yeah, and it it, doesn't, uh, it never it never gets old. I've wrecked two VHS tapes of this, just <laughs> from like over usage, and it's pretty interesting that this movie didn't do well in the uh, box office. I think it made two hundred grand 
under its budget in the box office. Wow. But it's but the reviews, it's got ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it pretty much is a critical hit and everything like that. But it just didn't do well. But I think it's probably made its money back and then some just probably off me and you watching it alone. Yeah, no no doubt. So and- if they're getting royalties off of off of uh, you know rentals and and like yeah. uh, downloads and whatnot, then for sure, yeah, they've they've made their money off me. Yeah, definitely. And so we'll be right back, and we will uh, we'll fully dive into we'll talk some trivia and our favorite scenes from True Romance. Okay, so yeah, that's uh, pretty much the first half. I'm gonna delete this and everything like that. Okay, and then what we can do is we can just go over characters and stuff like that and then i can just throw in some trivia talk about our favorite scenes i actually forgot how good the fight scene was what the the gandolfini and uh alabama yeah oh man that's that's almost hard to watch right like because it's it's so real yeah Yeah. anyway so we'll get back into it so (laughs) (laughs) before we uh blow our load yeah okay three two one and we are back and we we was actually started talking over the break about our favorite scenes so we wanted to like get back as quick as we could so let, let's talk about the main character played by the awesome christian slater clarence clarence Worley. yeah comic, uh, so, comic book nerd uh fan of of uh sunny chiba and and some of the old uh the the old kung fu movies yeah big fan of uh of elvis yeah and pretty much Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Which he has actually gone on record to say that this movie is almost autobiographical. I can, I can totally see that. You can see that because uh, he he used to work in a video store slash comic book store. He was actually a background performer in a Golden Girls episode as an Elvis. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was actually in the background of a Golden Girls episode because he was just doing his day job writing. It's like, hey, do you want to just uh, make some extra cash? And you can kind of see him in the background of a Golden Girls episode. I have to look for that. I've never seen that before. Yeah. And then it's interesting enough, like Christian Slater in this movie, uh, every time I look at Christian Slater, I always get Jack Nicholson vibes. With the eyebrows and the the, the, the facials, for sure. And, I, and I, the I, grin, yeah. 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 It's it just so, so interesting, just his character. And he's, all, he's almost innocent, but he does deeds just because he is so innocent. Right, right. I'm going to go on record as, as to say that, you know, for probably from about 1988 to about 1994, Christian Slater was like, he was like an A-list, A-lister. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, like, you know, I mean, you know, now he's, he's sort of dropped off. You know, like the last thing that I remember him from is Mr. Robot. Oh, but like, amazing series. But like the late '80s, early '90s, like, man, he was on a roll. Like, to, you know, pump up the volume. Um, what's the what's skateboard one? Uh, Gleaming oh, uh, the cube. Yes, is that, is that what it was? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Young Guns. There, there's so many. He's he's in so many movies, and like they're all memorable performances. Robin Hood, Prince, uh, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. Which has a, another stellar cast as well. Exactly. Even though, I, even though I hate the movie. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that one either. I, I, I can't get into any uh, Robin Hood movies though, so I, I've learned that. Here's the thing: I'm actually from Nottingham. Really? 
Yeah, so I'm actually from where it's based. So I'm I have like a very cynical eye because it's like very close to me. I see that's crazy. That 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 that's like me. That would be like me telling you that I don't like dances with wolves. Exactly. The, the movie's made for me. <laughs> exactly. I, I think I just yeah. have like that like that eye where I'm like, hey, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really do love how this this movie starts because it's an introduction to Christian Slater's character. And I really like how they don't do any time jumps. It's pretty much they meet, they have sex and they instantly fall in love. And I really appreciate like the fairy tale aspect, even down to the music, which was by Hans Zimmer. Is that who that is? Yeah. Hans Zimmer did. In that, in that scene, the the, the sex scene. Uh, Yeah. Where there are outside talking and she's like confessing yeah yeah that's, that's a good uh, handsome yeah that's handsome's score so wow. and it, even down to there because i really like when they bring that like that whole score up because it actually adds t- adds to it if you know what i mean oh, for sure definitely and like you, i mean you just said you said the name and then right away that 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 song popped in my in my head and i i didn't know who who the who the writer was or who the singer was but yeah i knew exactly what you were talking about so like definitely like that's it totally adds to the scene yeah and it adds and then, because you're thinking, hold up, he's just met her today, and the next day he's marrying her. Like you would think that's like red flags, but in the context of the movie, it just works so well because it's two very lonely people who are just looking right. for someone to be nice to them. Exactly. And so exactly, it, it works in that regard. And we'll talk about Alabama as well because she's amazing in this movie. I, I love her in a lot of stuff she's been in, uh, especially Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three. Yep. She's the main chick, but in this, she's amazing. And I want to talk about it later, but the fight, it's one of the most realistic and hard to watch fights, but you can't keep your eyes away from it. Absolutely. There, there's, there's three scenes that I'd like to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, that's, that's one of them. That's one of them. I mean, there's so many scenes to pick from, but there's three there is. that stick out in my mind that I, I, I believe that those are the three, they got to be like in the top 100 Scenes yeah, of all time. 100%. So let's talk about like some of the smaller roles. And even though they're technically smaller roles, they're big roles in the movie, but they're still small. And the first one I want to talk about is Samuel L. Jackson. He's in the movie for uh, like two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. 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 He, he comes in, talks about how he eats anything on a woman from asshole to yeah. pussy and everything <laughs> like that. And it's... Yeah. it's annoys somebody so much that he actually walks away from him to sit on the bed and then gets shot. Yeah. You barely even notice it's him, but you can just hear his voice the entire time. And another character is, you You recognize Drexel's friend? Uh, Marty? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen him in different roles. I, I don't know I don't know him as an actor, but I know, I, I've seen him in different different movies. Uh, coming to America, he's the announcer, the one that's it. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You were re- singing a song and everything, too? Yeah, that's it. I actually just realized that just watching it now. So every time I watch this movie, I just I, I learn more and more new things from watching it. And yeah, it was him. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Is, and it, so, is, it white boy, is it White Boy Day? Oh, it is White Boy Day because we're, <laughs> we're about to talk about Drexel, which, in my opinion, is the best Gary Oldman role ever. When, when I when I tell people that that's Gary Oldman, 
Yeah. And people have never seen that movie before. Maybe they watched it with me for the first time. And then and then I explained that's Gary Oldman, the guy that was uh Dracula, Dracula. the guy that yeah. the guy that was in The Professional, the guy that's uh Commissioner Gordon in Batman. And I started just naming all these different roles and like how there's, like he's English, like he's got like a yeah. strong English accent. Like it's like, like uh, dude, that's him. Like I'm like Google it. That that that's Gary Oldman. He's on the same level as Idris Elba when it comes to having an American accent. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah, totally. Because uh, well, Idris, but like, but like Idris Elba, or... yeah, carry on. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, uh, Idris Elba was so good that they. They already hired a bunch of English actors and didn't want any more. So he faked being American. <laughs> he said, oh, I'm from Baltimore and stuff like that. And he, he made it so believable that they hired him. And then when they discovered he was English, like, oh, we've got to keep him because he's so good. I, 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 you know what's funny is that for the longest time, I didn't even know that he was, he was English. Exactly. And it's, it's so... Same with uh, Christian Bale as well. I was just going to say, Christian Bale is the guy that, that really surprises me too. I, I just finished the Dark Knight trilogy and I told my missus that he's Welsh and she didn't believe me. And then I showed a bunch of interviews and she's like, that can't be. And it was like, it's like, <laughs> it was like an uncanny canny valley from just hearing his English accent. She just couldn't understand. Yeah. Because everything he's been in, he has like that perfect American accent. I think there's there's another guy that, that that comes to mind that surprises me now too is uh, Andrew Lincoln from uh, The Walking Dead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that deep. He's got that deep like Georgia accent, like when he's like you know as uh, as Rick, and yeah. then you hear him speak like when he's not doing that role, and he's got like, I mean you you would know better than I than I would, yeah. but like you know he's he's definitely you know from England somewhere. Right? Yeah, so, he's like he's in Love Actually, and he was in a, a UK show called Teachers, so. Uh, so back to Drexel. Uh, so apparently, the wig that he wore was actually worked on by the same person who did Dracula. And apparently, he took one of the eyes from the Dracula set and used it for this movie. Really? Yeah. And that, so, that, and then apparently, his seventy-year-old mother was on set each day and would give her opinion on how he was doing in the movie. I'm sure she was blown away by his performance. Like he just had everything down, like the mannerisms of like, um, I'm just going to say it as an African-American gangster, right? Like, I mean, like he had, you know, everything, just the way that he, he spoke the the, the cadence of it too. And it wasn't forced, you know, like a lot of actors when they're, when they're trying to play like those kind of roles, it seems so forced. He was so relaxed and scary. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 when I think of like gangster dudes, I think of Drexel. Exactly. In fact, like you know, there, there hasn't been a time in the last ten years where I haven't ordered Chinese food, and you know, <laughs> like I and I don't like try to like you know say something about you know we got everything here from you know little Joe damn if I know right like I, you know I, I always yeah. do my best Drexel impression and I know it's getting old with my wife now but uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> we get it yeah uh, but it's hilarious though because. Uh... This was offered to Gary Oldman, and when Tony Scott was talking to him about it, Gary Oldman was apologetic and says, I'm sorry I never actually read the script. What is the character? And he went, this is his description. You're playing a white guy who thinks he's black, and you're a killer pimp. Apparently, Oldman laughed so much, he just accepted it on the spot. 
That's amazing. He never he never read for it. He just accepted it. And another funny thing is, apparently, there's a lot more Drexel scenes which they cut. Oh, I want to see those. Uh, I don't think it was ever like actually filmed, but they were like in the script stage and they kind of dropped off. My goodness, like, dude, you know he's like honestly probably the most quotable guy in all of cinema. Oh like, yeah, he, and. And like really, like he only has like you know if if you if you time the movie, three minutes he maybe has, yeah you know ten ten minutes maybe ten minutes of, of screen time. Not even but that, like, probably. But like talk about like maximizing your minutes, right? Exactly. Like... <laughs> and then apparently they was also putting in a bunch of his scenes in Pulp Fiction as well. Oh wow! He was meant to be in Pulp Fiction. That would have been cool. That I, that. that... Was he gonna be there? Is he gonna be Drexel? Uh yeah, he was gonna be Drexel. What? Yeah. Drexel. Oh my goodness! Because there's uh, a Pulp Fiction connection with uh, this movie. What the hell? Yeah, that, that would have whole... been amazing. There's a whole like Tarantino universe from this, yeah, and like Vincent Vega and like the Vegas and stuff. Oh my goodness, man! You're blowing me away here. Yeah, can you imagine like Drexel meeting up with Marcellus Wallace? That would be amazing. Yeah. That would be that would be fucking amazing, man. I'm so, <laughs> so it's interesting because we we talk about how there's characters that are so memorable, yet they're in for like maybe one or two scenes. And another one I want to talk about is Christopher Walken. <sighs> another one, man. Another one, like so so good. Uh, Vincent, Vin- I, I I always get the name the the, the last name wrong. What's what's what was his character again? Oh, uh, Vi- uh, Don Vincenzo. Don Vincenzo. There we go. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. And it just that whole scene is so good. And just from the opening where he's just getting punched out to the realization that Dennis Hopper knows he's not going to make out of this alive. And he just wants to spit in their face without actually doing it. So I, I, I think that's, you know, it's a very controversial scene because I mean, like of the content that they're speaking of. Yeah. Um, but in my opinion, just with them going back and forth yeah. and like the whole, everything that's, that's going on, the greatest scene in, in, in cinema history. Pretty much. And, uh, it all comes down to that. The, like Tarantino is so proud of the scene and the, the whole thing stems from Tarantino had a black roommate who would tell him the story. That's amazing. And so he told, he told an Italian friend the same story and his reaction was so hilarious that he put it into the script. <laughs> and of course, we're, we're speaking of the, the Moors conquering Italy and or oh. Sicily. Sorry. Yeah. Just, just amazing. Man. Like, like, that, and, and the part that really gets me on that scene is, um, you know, I, uh, Don Vincenzo, you know, gives gives him the the punch, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, hits him in the nose, and he's he's talking yeah. hurts. You want another one?" And yeah. then he goes back, and uh, Dennis Hopper says, "You know, uh, that that uh, that Winchester, yeah, I'll take one now." So yeah. he gives him the cigarette, and then lights it up, and then like goes into that story. Like, man, just like, that's amazing stuff. Man. Because he takes a drag, kind of closes his eyes, and then opens his eyes like he's like, "Yeah, that that was the last cigarette of my life." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He knows, right? he knows what's happening. And apparently the eggplant and the cantaloupe uh, 
were ad-libbed. Nah. They, they basically crazy. added it to the scene, and it's just so amazing. I especially, yeah. I especially love it just for James Gandolfini in the background, too. Right, yeah. He's just in the background smiling. He's just like this ominous presence, and, and you know, you know, he's a wrong one. Yeah, and and like he sort of gives that look, like yeah, you're fucking done now, buddy, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I love it because the entire time walking, I just love the way he keeps like looking back and forth because he can't believe what he's saying to him. Yeah, and like even so much that he can't believe that he has to laugh at it. And, but then you finally see him just enraged because you see him just sh- sh- put like a thousand holes in him and then spit on him. And he ha- he hadn't shot anybody since 1987. And it made right? him mad. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. What am I? Yeah. For sure, man. My, my, my favorite scene of all time. Uh, so let, let's talk about another scene, which we just mentioned him, James Gandolfini when he kind of corners Alabama in the hotel room. Yeah, that, so as we're talking, when we went to break, yeah, it's very hard to watch, but at the same time, it's hard to look away. Yeah. Like the, just the realism of it. Like, he's, he's like kicking the shit up. Yeah. And he's manhandling her well. And the only reason why she wins is because he, he doesn't think much of her. Yeah. And just through f- pure grit or whatever is narrow, she manages to to kill him. Because the original way she gets like won over on him is because he's just want her want her to stab him. Yeah. And then she goes to the shoe, which she didn't anticipate. And then the other time is when she uh, rubs the alcohol or whatever into his eyes. Yeah, yeah. And then sets his head on fire. And that's the only time she gets the upper hand. The rest of the time, and it's also super authentic the way every hit hits her her face is just getting destroyed right and every time she looks yeah you see you see like the scars and the blood yeah man it's, even down it, to the like swelling hit. after like yeah, the yeah. first hit like a lip is like fully out yeah and it's pretty just it's hard to watch but you can't look away and it's very empowering too just for the way she just comes back from behind yeah, and and like the whole like Gandolfini going, oh, you want to play with Daddy? You want to stick that in? Yeah, Daddy? and like yeah. and then and then just like grabbing her and like totally manhandling her, yeah, and throwing her up against the wall. It's like man, like that's it's intense, and it's yeah. like I said, it's hard it's hard to watch, but at the same time, like man, like like what a scene. I especially like there's uh, two things that I actually realized from this. I like where he's talking about killing people. Yes, yes. How the, the first, first time it's hard. Yep. I, I vomited, but now I don't even think about it. I actually enjoy it now, watching them realize that they're going to die. Yeah. And then the second scene that I realized, which kind of added a bit of a funny element, was when he, he was like, oh, I didn't check under the bed for the drugs. Oh, and, then, and he looks and he, see, and he sees the actual uh, the suitcase full of coke underneath the bed where he was like in, in the room the whole time and he could have yeah. found it. He's just get, yeah. he's just getting mad at himself and yeah, like, oh, I'm, getting, I'm getting I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then let's talk about Floyd. Floyd Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. What one of his first roles and just one of my favorite scenes is yeah. The reason why I'm connecting this is him and James Gandolfini. Just, yeah. just a just a casual conversation, but just. 
the gall of Brad of Floyd just to go fucking condescend me. I'll fuck you off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like this man's a a killer for the mafia. You like threatening him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and he, Floyd, of course, is, Floyd, of course, is just a stoner. He's like the yeah. he's Dick Ritchie's uh, uh, roommate who just like basically was glued to the. He's glued to his couch watching TV the whole day and doesn't want to help clean up or anything like that. So oh. for him to say that, that it's hilarious. <laughs> my fa- my favorite thing from Dick Ritchie is when he goes, I've got nobody, just Floyd. Just Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the way it just came out, and it's just hilarious. Uh, just, apparently, Brad Pitt, there's a, a scene where he's in the kitchen wearing a hat. Apparently, he just found that hat somewhere and just cleaned it up and brought it onto set. <laughs> he just found oh, yeah, it up and... Right, there's there's that scene, yeah, I, I, the scene where he's, I guess he grabs one of Dick Ritchie's beers and then uh, and then asks him to bring home some, some cleaning supplies or cleaning yeah. products. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh... That's right. And then, oh, from there, we, I'm just trying to, I forgot the two cops were like by t- Tom Sizemore and Sean Penn. Right, right. Chris, Chris, Sean Penn. Oh, Chris Penn. Chris Penn. I get my pens mixed up. And it's just like hilarious just to imagine them, especially Tom Sizemore. I, I love Tom Sizemore in this movie. Me too, me too. Especially yeah. when he when he's listening in on Christian Slater threatening, threatening the guy with the gun. And he's just, and he's it, just laughing. Yeah. He's laughing. He's like, oh shit, he might actually kill him. Oh, I love this guy. Uh, and then... I forgot uh, one character I did forget was uh, Lee, the the movie producer that wants to buy Lee, Coke. Lee Donowitz, yes. Yeah. Lee Donowitz, uh, he, he, uh, he's Canadian because I've seen him some like a lot of Canadian t- television. Um, yeah. There was a, was it Fringe that he was in? Yes, something like that. Yeah, he's yeah, also yeah. in uh, Hunters as well recently. Right, right, and right. Saul, so, Saul, yeah. Uh, so funny enough, his his character's name uh, Lee Donowitz. That's the same. He's actually the grandson of Donowitz from Inglorious Bastards, played by really? Brad Pitt. Yeah. yeah, it's actually been confirmed that in the same universe, that they're related. They're all connected. Yeah, it, that blows me away, man. Like, there's there's like so much that they they can do. Like, I, they can they can, oh man. Don't, don't get me started. Like, yeah, no, they just they. they that, I need. I, I need to see. I need to see a Drexel movie, and I need to see Lee Donowitz movie, and I need to see Dick Ritchie, and you know, everybody have their own movie now. Yeah. <laughs> the the issue is uh, age now, especially with Gary Oldman getting on. It'll be hard for him to play Drexel again, and only Drexel should be played by Gary Oldman. Nobody. I else. agree. One hundred percent. One hundred. And then. Carrying on the uh, Tarantino verse connection, Mr. White mentions that he worked with a girl named Alabama. Right. Yeah. So that's that's an, another little there. Uh, so this movie, when it was originally made, was actually conceived in a more Pulp Fiction style, where Pulp Fiction Reservoir Dogs were. It is not lineal. It's actually kind of all over the place. Yeah, and I'm very interested to see what the original plan was for how it looked. And I'm wondering if the the big gunfight 
at the end of the movie was actually going to be like the star of the movie. That that's you know if if I had to guess it it, it would be, but yeah. you know what like like you had mentioned earlier, I think I remember we were talking. It's one of those one of those things where there's they don't really jump around, right? They don't they yeah. don't. It's just it's basically like happens within weeks, right? Like I, my guess is maybe this thing takes place within a week a or two. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. So so like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if if I personally would have liked it, you know, to to jump around like that. Like I I think it was perfect the way it is. It's just like you know, let's introduce the, this character, these two these two characters that fall in love, and let's follow them, right? But yeah, yeah. you know, it would yeah, it would be interesting to see. I guess you know, like what 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 could have been, right? Because I'm wondering if they would have ended it with uh, Alabama over Clarence with his eye, you know, with his eye bloody, and then it would have gone on from there. Yeah, yeah. And then you would have found out. And apparently, the original ending was Clarence was meant to be dead. Oh, that would have sucked. But and Tarantino was initially against it because it, it kind of ruined the idea you had. But then when he watched it in a lineal fashion, he agreed that it was great lineal. And that the ending was perfect. Yeah, they're yeah. in Cancun, and yeah, yeah. And the uh, the little the little boy in that movie is actually Patricia Arquette's kid. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, huh. Elvis is actually uh, her real life son. Crazy, crazy. Uh, yeah. it, was there anything else from this movie that that you enjoyed? Well, anything to bring up? Yeah. Well, well, um, you just said Elvis. I mean, Elvis being played by by Val Kilmer. Exactly. And, oh. and that. At that time, Val Kilmer is an A-list actor that, you know, he's in The Doors, he's in Top Gun, he's um, uh, in, in Thunderheart, he, you know, he's, he's like, he's an A-list guy, and in, um, in True Romance, I mean, we see him, he has, what, two scenes? And we don't even see his face. He, he was actually intended to be uh, playing the role of uh, Clarence, but then they kind of chose oh. Christian Slater over him, because... There is that Top Gun connection with Tony Scott and Val Kilmer, but I think he kind of had it more in mind for Christian Slater. But yeah. in the original idea, he wanted him to play. He wanted to play Clarence in this movie. That would have been a little different because, like, Val Kilmer is probably what maybe ten, fifteen years older than than Christian Slater. I, so, I've not, you know. So I, I think. I think like Christian Slater sort of fit that rule, but I mean, who knows, right? Who knows? Like it, you know, it's Val Kilmer, so you know, I, I'm not gonna argue with that. Not my favorite Batman. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him as my favorite Batman, but as an actor, I, I, I really appreciate Val Kilmer. Uh, he's probably the second worst. Yeah, <laughs> out of all the, out of all the Batman. Uh, Who's the worst, James? George Clooney, of course. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. And it's such a shame, and it's such a shame. Because he, if you would have had George Clooney now, he would have been good. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was like the wrong director. Even though the director has done great dark movies, I think he went too on the campy side. I think so too. Uh, yeah. And that, like Val Kilmer was perfect as well because he can go really dark as well. But I think the movie kind of let him down as well. But he, he did a good job. And yeah. then you got Michael Keaton, who did amazing. And then my my number one is Christian Bale. Uh, 100%. I, I, the thing with Ben Affleck, he hasn't had his own, own movie, so I kind of can't include him because there's not enough to be shown. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I yeah, agree. 
even though I did enjoy him as uh, Batman, I realized the idea that they had was I've always been interested in Batman after or Batman that's been traumatized and retired. Yeah, there's there's some story arcs that that have that. So I think I think that's another one we'll see eventually. We're gonna see that uh, fifty plus year old guy actually play Batman. Exactly. Um, so I've just uh, read now that apparently all of Brad Pitt's lines in this movie were improvised. Really? Yeah. Well, he did a really great job. He did a great job as a stoner, man. Oh, he was perfect. He, was pro- he probably was high knowing, knowing Brad Pitt. There's there's a character I'd like to talk about, James. I, I don't know about you, man, but like Dick Ritchie. Oh, of course. Is, and Michael Rappaport. He, Michael, Michael Rappaport, man. He's he's hilarious. Uh, I love that guy. Even yeah. to this day. I mean, like, if you if you watch him, like, o- online, he's, like, steady cutting promos on, like, on Donald Trump and yeah. people that are not that are not listening to to like the 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 uh, COVID nineteen laws in New York and not staying home, um, but yeah, he's just like he's perfect. He's got like he's got like that that Boston accent oh. or New York accent, I should say. Yeah, yeah, and, like, like just perfect for that role, man. If you really like uh, Michael Rappaport, definitely check out where he does viral videos, especially one with the cat, where it's I him. Sc- there's this really ugly cat that he, that he's taken viral videos of, and it's just him screaming at the cat to go away. I have to, I have to check that out. I will uh, actually. I'll actually send you the link. <laughs> yeah, send me send me a link. I was, was going to say though, uh, Michael Rapport is actually one of one another one of my favorite movies from like I think it might have been. I don't. I want to say maybe 1990. A movie called Zebrahead. Oh no! I've never heard of that. No, oh, you you gotta check it out, man. You gotta I'll check de- it out. I'll definitely check that out. Like, like, like tonight, man. Like, it's I, I, I'm sure you'll love it. It's oh, cool. It's one of those movies where he's like, he's the white guy that lives in the that lives in the hood amongst like in, in like an African American uh, community, oh, and no. like um, his his dad owns a, a a record store, so he works the record store, and he's a decent. Like, yeah, man, it's 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 cool. I, I don't want to get off topic here, but yeah, definitely check out that one, man. Zebra. Oh, no. And then before we go, uh, in my opinion, my my least liked character, which was Elliot. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. I actually I actually wanted Christian Slayer to shoot him in the elevator. Just I was kind of glad that he got his uh, just desserts at the end of this movie. But he was just, like, so annoying. I, I did get a laugh when he was arguing with his girlfriend and she basically froze a Coke on his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He So when I was young, he was actually um, very Cuff? famous. Yeah, yeah, yes, in, in Perfect Strangers. Yes. Yeah and, yeah, and, like, so, like, to see him transition from that into, into Elliot was fantastic. pretty funny, man. Pretty, pretty fantastic because you're right. Like, he's, he's the character that... He's he's so like you, you hate him. You, yeah. you you want him to die, right? He's so a he, prick. He plays that role perfectly. Yes, like definitely. Like, I do. Like, chicken shit heel. Pretty much, pretty much. And I before we go, I want to talk about this gun scene. I forgot how much fun the, the final gunfight is because it's like the perfect accumulation of all different stories, and it all ties into one. And you know, Clarence and Alabama are caught in the middle. Yeah, you get you get uh, the uh, the Sicilian gangsters coming in, and you got the cops, and you have Lee Donowitz and his crew, and and then oh. Alabama, 
Alabama Dick and uh, and Clarence on, on one side. So yeah, you're, you're totally right. It's just like the big, big, like a big, um, big schmoz, and you know. Uh, I love the I love the one bodyguard who's just because he hates cops so much, he's not willing to back down. It's just hilarious just watching him just be all bit big and badass and just screaming at the cops. Yeah, you got you put your fucking cut guns down. Yeah, and it's funny because he. I've seen him in a sitcom. Uh, D.L. Hughley used to have a sitcom. And he, came, he kind of played the bumbling neighbor. So it's funny to watch him in this and to see him in that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about, too. Yeah. And yeah. It, like I said, everybody, apart from Dick, Alabama, and Clarence, everyone yeah. dies. I, I love the way Dick just runs at the first opportunity he gets. Doesn't look back. Is just running for the hills. He's out of there. He he has that. Uh, he got that gig on TJ Hooker. So yeah, he's got a lot it, to live for. Pretty much. I, it's just it's my favorite. It's just my favorite way just for someone to leave. Just yeah. run, not be a hero. Oh, my best friends on the ground dying. Nope, gotta run. Yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. I said, it, and it has one of the best endings too, just because they managed to escape and. You know, Clarence with the eye patch and her monologue in over the end. It's just the perfect way to end a movie. I agree. I yeah. like it's not. It's one of those ones that you don't need a sequel. You, like it's just like you said, man. It's it's just the perfect ending. Yeah, and so I'm not actually gonna ask if you recommend this to, because this has pretty much been a a 50 minute recommendation for the movie in itself. Dude, I I have I have nothing bad to say about that movie at all. Like no. I can't think, I can't think of anything. Like I, I like the acting's great, the cast. There's like there's Astounded. so many different characters that we, we 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 left out so many different characters. Like we could go on and on and on about it. Yeah, just, um, just and on like, like background guys. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's like a perfect movie. It's perfect. Yeah. So Curtis, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for uh, making me relive this amazing, amazing movie. Anytime, man. Anytime, yeah. you know. I love uh, movies too, and you know, I, I love listening to your uh, your review of movies. So, thank you very keep much. On, thank you. Uh, keep on doing that too, man. Thank you. And if you uh, got anything you want to plug, because I know you're uh, doing your online stuff right now, so definitely yeah, uh, put it well, out there. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah. So, if anybody wants to hit me up, uh, firstroad.ca. I have different types of collectibles, movie autographs. Uh, wrestling autographs, comic books, all that kind of good stuff. Um, yeah, and if you want to get a hold of me, I'm First Row Collect on Twitter and FirstRow.ca on Instagram and uh, Curtis Housen on uh, Facebook. Yep, and uh, everyone will be in the description when when it's available. Curtis, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate you coming on. James, always a fun time, man. All right, and uh, have a good one, guys. See you later.